Well, good morning. Uh, well, good morning, everyone. Let's open our Bibles to Revelation chapter 6, the sixth chapter in the book of the Revelation. Uh, the last two weeks have taught us there is a book within a book. Within the book of the Revelation, in chapter 5, is a scroll. And the scroll, we now know, contains seven seals. And you may remember John was weeping because no one can open it. And we learned only one person can. His name is Jesus. We've also learned that with the opening of each seal, Jesus sends judgment from heaven to earth. And we asked the question, why? And we asked, what is the content of this book? What is this book all about? You may remember I had quoted Dr. Ironside who had said, the scroll contains the title deed to the world. The title deed to the world. When we, when we pay off our homes, we get the deed to those homes. Whoever is in possession of the deed owns the home. I like when I get solicited from people uh, who want to sell me some kind of um, home improvement and they'll say, are you the homeowner? And to get out from underneath the conversation, I say no. <laughs> and, and they say, uh, well, uh, can we speak to the homeowner? And I say, well, it's PNC Bank, you know. PNC Bank owns the home. And so we ask the question, who owns this world we live in? And you may remember I read these verses for us. Luke 4, 5, and 6, which says, And he, that is the devil, led him, that is Jesus, up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I wish. Uh, you can't give what you don't have. And for the devil to be able to give to our Lord all the kingdoms of this world implies one thing and one thing only. It's his, but not for long. Because with the opening of the seals, with the opening of all the judgments that we're going to learn about in the book of the Revelation, is this end game. Listen as I read Revelation 11. And in that hour there was a great earthquake, and a tenth of the city fell. Seven thousand people were killed in the earthquake, and the rest were terrified and gave glory to the God of heaven. The second woe is past. Behold, the third woe is coming quickly. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he will rule forever and ever. That's the end game. See, this, this world right now is being ruled by the devil. But, but Jesus is going to take this world back. And he's going to rule this world. 
And he's doing so throughout the book of the Revelation by force, by judgment. And last week we opened up our Bibles to Revelation 6 and we were introduced to the first four seals. And the first four seals introduced us to four horses. And on each horse was a rider. And every horse had a different color. The first seal, the first horse, the rider came on a white horse. And he came with a bow, but no arrow. You know, a bow without an arrow isn't too dangerous. You put an arrow in the bow, and now it's a dangerous weapon. And we, we said last week that when the Antichrist comes, he's going to come promising peace without force. That is the implication of a bow without an arrow. Then what? 1 Thessalonians 5 and 3, while they are saying peace and safety, then destruction will come upon them suddenly. How suddenly? The second horse, the red horse. The rider came with a sword. You see, if I have a sword in my hand, I don't need anything to accompany that sword for that sword to kill, do I? It's like a gun without a bullet. I can have a gun, but if I don't have the bullets, what can that gun do? If I have a bow without an arrow, what can that bow do? But a sword? A sword needs nothing to accompany it. When we put red and sword together, it spells war and bloodshed. So much for peace. The third horse, the black horse, we learned, Black is a color that describes famine. Famine is coming to this earth. And then the fourth horse, the pale horse or ashen horse, taught us that Hades and death was coming. Now we're going to look at the opening of the fifth seal. And with the opening of the fifth seal in Revelation 6, we are introduced to a very specific people group. Notice as I read verses 9 and 10 in Revelation 6. And when he broke the fifth seal, I saw underneath the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice saying, How long, O Lord, holy and true, wilt thou refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth. Notice these believers, and I call them believers because of verse 9, notice they attribute their blood to those who dwell on the earth, verse 10. Now, now why is that an important distinction that I'm identifying for us? Here's why. They're not being killed because of the wrath of the Lamb. They're being killed because of who they are, who they are, and who they stand for. Who are these people that believe? Well, I think we know already they can't be the church. And they can't be the church because the church is where? Heaven. And we learned that in Revelation 4. The church is in heaven. So who are they? There's a lot of clues in the book of the Revelation that will help us identify who these people are. 
And, and, and we begin with the first clue. How many have a Bible in verse 10 with the words, how long? Do we have those words, how long? How long is a well-known cry, listen, of suffering Israel? Psalm 13, 1 and 2, How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? How long will my enemy be exalted over me? Psalm 35 and 17, Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue my soul from their ravages, my only life from the lions. Daniel 12 and 1. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people. Why do you think Michael needs to stand guard over the sons of Israel? Verse 6. How long will it be? How long will it be? Most of us know from previous lessons, Romans 1 and 16 teaches us that the gospel is to who first? To the Jew. Now listen to something else that is first for the Jew. Romans 2 and 9. There will be tribulation and distress for every soul of man who does evil of the Jew first and also of the Greek. So the Jewish people don't just hear the gospel first. They are the recipients of tribulation first. But when Jesus speaks about dying in the tribulation, now remember, we need clues. And by the way, just so we know, Revelation 6 to Revelation 19, this is the tribulation period. In Revelation 19, Jesus comes back the second time to earth. In Revelation 4 and 5, the church is in heaven. In Revelation 6, judgment on earth begins. The tribulation begins. When Jesus speaks about dying in the tribulation, listen carefully to the clues. Matthew 24 and 9, then they will deliver you to tribulation and will kill you. Now, now what's happening to these people in verse 10? Revelation 6 and 10, what's happening to them? They're dying, right? They've been slain. Now, now here's the clue. And you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Clues. What clues? Who will be hated by all nations during the tribulation? Israel. When Zechariah writes about the tribulation, he writes this in Zechariah 12 and 3, and all the nations of the earth will be gathered against it. So when you start to connect the tribulation spoken of in Zechariah 12 and 13, and you connect it with Matthew 24, and, and then you begin to connect it with Revelation 6, you begin to identify who are these people who are being killed in the first half of the tribulation. So let me just say a couple of things that we've learned thus far about the identity of those who are persecuted in verse 10. Number one, those who cry how long and Revelation 6 and 10 always seem to speak to suffering Israel, Jewish believers hated by the whole world during the tribulation. But there's a second thing we learn about this. Worldwide anti-Semitism is coming. Listen, Israel has always been hated. Israel has always had enemies. 
Israel, though, has always had a friend or two along the way. If you take your Bibles literally, the Bible is teaching us there's going to come a time when all nations will hate Israel. All nations will come against her. And so not only will worldwide anti-Semitism be tolerated, it's going to be led by the world's governments. And, and who do we believe is in control of all the world's governments right now? Satan. Satan, the devil. God bless you. Clues. Why do I believe these believers in Revelation 6 are Jewish believers in the tribulation? Well, let's go to the very next chapter and, and develop some more clues. In Revelation 7, verse 4, we read, And I heard the number of those who were sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Italy. <laughs> Israel, right? Israel. And listen, Israel in the Bible, not some of the time, but all of the time. Israel in the Bible always speaks of the physical descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Sammy Davis Jr. was not an Israelite, okay? He was not an Israelite. We're talking about the descendants of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, we're talking about Jewish people in verse 4, correct? Mm -hmm. So now what is the connection between the 144,000 Jews in verse 4 and these believers who were slain in Revelation 6, verse 10? Well, listen carefully to how these 144,000 are described. I'm going to read for you a couple of verses in Revelation 14. Listen. John writes, The 144,000 who had been purchased from the earth, these have been purchased from among men, now listen, as first fruits to God and to the Lamb. First fruits. Clues. Clues. What clue? Well, if the 144,000 are first fruits, and they're all Jewish, then the believers in Revelation 6 can't be Gentiles, can they? If the Gentiles are in view in Revelation 6, then the 144,000 have to be second fruits. Right? So the first fruits that believe in the tribulation period are all Jews, but listen, Jews are always the first fruits in every dispensation. In the Older Testament, the first believers, they're all Jewish. And you know what they were entrusted to do? They were to be a light to the nations. They were to bring God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to the Gentiles. And we end up with, with converts like, like Ruth, right? Then the church begins. 3,000 got saved on the day of Pentecost. How many of them were all Jews? I gave you a hint. They were all Jews, all 3,000 when the church was born. And what were they entrusted to do? To bring the gospel to all the nations. And who was the first Gentile believer? An Italian by the name of Cornelius. You notice how I'm throwing in the Italians a little bit? <laughs> then the tribulation begins. See, these are the different periods. 
You have the Older Testament. It begins with the Jewish people. You have the Newer Testament. The church begins. It begins with Jewish people. The tribulation, remember, the church has been removed from this world. The tribulation begins. And who's it going to begin with? Jews. And what are they responsible for doing? What are these 144,000 supposed to do? Bring the gospel to the nations. Look at Revelation 7 and 9. Look at Revelation 7 and 9. And after these things, I looked and behold a great multitude which no one could count from every what? And all the tribes and peoples and tongues standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palm branches, were in their hands. How, how did they get there? They were saved during the tribulation, all these people from all these different nations. But it, be, but it began with the Jewish people. It began with the Jewish people. Now, who is behind this persecution? Who is behind this worldwide anti-Semitism? Turn with me to Revelation 12. Revelation 12. And I'll begin by reading verses 13 through 17. 13 through 17. Revelation 12, beginning in verse 13, And when the dragon saw that he was thrown down to the earth, he persecuted the woman who gave birth to the male child. And the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman in order that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman so that he might cause her to be swept away with the flood. And the earth helped the woman and the earth opened its mouth and drank up the river which the dragon poured out of his mouth. And the dragon was enraged with the woman who went off to make war with the rest of her offspring who keep the commandments of God and hold to the testimony of Jesus. Now we have clues here. What clues? Well, we've got to find out who is the dragon, who is the woman, who is the child. Let's begin with who is the, who is the dragon. Look at verse 9 in Revelation 12. Revelation 12 and 9, and the great dragon was the great dragon was thrown down, thrown down the serpent of old, who is called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth, and his angel, angels were thrown down to him. So this dragon that is waging war with this woman is the devil. Who is the child? Who is the child? Look at verse 5. Verse 5 and, and of Revelation 12, And she gave birth to a son, a male child, who was to rule all the nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and to his throne. So who's going to rule the nations, according to that verse? Jesus, the child, right? This child born to this woman that the, that the devil is attacking is going to rule the nations. Why, why is he attacking him who's going to rule all the nations he wants to rule all the nations right remember what i read in revelation 11 the kingdoms of the world have become the kingdom of our lord and of his christ and he will rule forever and forever who is the woman well i believe it's israel the catholic church believes it's mary 
The Catholic Church believes that this woman who gave birth to the male child, who are all in agreement as Jesus, they believe it's Mary. Let's see if that's possible. And how are we going to answer? Clues. Clues. Look at verse 14. Revelation 12. We read, And the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman in order that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished for a time and times and a half a time from the presence of the serpent. Now, a time, and we're going to learn this as we move along. For today, you're going to have to take my word for it. A time represents a year. Two times represents two years. And a half a time represents six months. How much is that? Three and a half years, right? A time, one year. Two times, two years. A half a time, six months. That's three and a half years. And how long do we believe the tribulation lasts? Seven years. So this places us in the front half of the seven-year tribulation. Okay? So now if you believe this is Mary... And if you believe that this has yet to take place, then here's what you would have to conclude. God, who has had Mary in heaven for the last 2,000 years, is going to be sending Mary back to earth to be persecuted by the devil himself. Here's why that can't be. Nobody, no child of God, and I mean no child of God has ever died on this earth, Mary died on this earth, entered into heaven, and then was sent back to earth. No child of God has ever had that happen. As a matter of fact, John says about Jesus, he's the only one who has ascended and descended. He's the only one. No human being born on this earth who died in faith as Mary did, who went to heaven, was ever sent back. So, but notice this woman is flying into the wilderness. How many see that in verse 14? Mm -hmm. Jesus spoke about this to his disciples in Matthew 24. When Jesus is approached by his disciples and they say to him, Lord, what is the sign of your coming? And he gives them all kinds of signs. Listen to some of them in Matthew 24. Those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains. Now, if you were to look at a map, of, of, um, of, the, of Judea, here's what you'll find the mountains are surrounded by. Wilderness. What does it say in verse 14? She would fly into the wilderness. Okay, now listen to what Jesus says. Those who are in Judea must flee to the mountains, but pray that your flight will not be in the winter or on the Sabbath, for then there will be a great tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. The mountains of Judea are in the wilderness. But pray that your flight... What is this woman doing? She's flying into the wilderness. So we have clues. And, and the clues are in the verses we just read, verses 13 through 17. Look at verse 14 for a clue. And the two wings of the great eagle were given to the woman in order that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she was nourished. What people group do we know in the Old Testament that were taken out of Egypt and brought into the wilderness and were nourished with what from heaven? Was that Mary? That was Israel. 
So there are clues in these verses. Let's look at another clue, verse 15. And the serpent poured water like a river out of his mouth after the woman. Who do we know that water had the potential of engulfing Israel in the Older Testament? I just gave you the answer. Israel, right? So when you look at when you look at the wilderness here, the woman in the wilderness, the woman being having to deal with water and being saved from the water. Do you think of Mary or do you think of Israel? Clues. See, these are just clues that that help us identify who it is that the devil wants to attack. Now there's more clues. I see another clue that'll reveal the identity. Look at verse 7 of of Revelation 12. Revelation 12 and 7, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels waging war with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels waged war. Now Michael is fighting the devil. Who was Mary's angel? Gabriel. Gabriel. Who's Israel's angel? Michael. Michael. Listen, Daniel 12. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince, who stands guard over the sons of your people, will arise now at that time. Let me read it again. Now at that time, Michael, the great prince who stands guard over the sons of your people. What time? Clues. We get the clue right in, right in the verse. Listen. And there will be a time of distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people... Everyone who is found written in the book will be rescued. Notice, at that time, there's going to be a distress that has never occurred before and never since. What time do you think Daniel's writing about? The tribulation. Jesus said as much in Matthew 24 and 21. For then there will be a great tribulation, such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. So when you really look at the clues, you see who's behind worldwide anti-Semitism. Now, now very few Bible teachers will take the time to develop what we just learned. They're just going to assume that these who are slain are just followers of Christ. And that's true, they are followers of Christ. But they're Jewish believers. Now why why was it so important that we learned the identity of these who were slain? Why was it so important? What's coming from heaven to earth? What do these seven seals represent coming from heaven to earth? Judgment upon the earth. If you want a second reason, if you want a second reason for why Jesus is opening these seals and pouring out wrath upon earth. Listen to these verses and you'll know why. Zechariah 14, 3 and 4. Then the Lord will go forth and fight against those nations as when he fights on the day of battle. In that day his feet will stand on the Mount of Olives. See, Jesus from heaven to earth is fighting the enemies of Israel. Zechariah 2 and N. For thus says the Lord of hosts, after glory, he has sent me against the nations which plunder you, for he who touches you touches the apple of his eye. Ezekiel 
25, 6, and 7. For thus says the Lord God, because you have clapped your hands and stamped your feet and rejoiced with all the scorn of your soul against the land of Israel, therefore, behold, I have stretched out my hand against you, and I will give you for spoil to the nations, and I will cut you off from the peoples and make you perish from the lands. I will destroy you. Thus you will know that I am the Lord. Jeremiah 30 and 7, Alas, for that day is great, there is none like it, and it is the time of Jacob's distress. That's what we're learning about. But he will be saved from it. Verse 11, For I am with you, declares the Lord, to save you, for I will destroy completely all the nations where I have scattered you. Why the judgments and the revelation towards all the kingdoms of the world? Here's why. Because Israel has suffered long enough. And now we understand why they say what? How long, O Lord? In other words, how much longer do your people have to suffer at the hands of all the nations? How much longer, O Lord, before you avenge the blood? And this time, it's Jewish believers that are crying that that prayer. You know, it can never be overemphasized that the people the devil has always hated the most are the people that God loves the most. I'm talking about with respect to nations. With respect to nations. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. Right? He loves Marcy. He loves Mike. Right? But there is a unique love that has been made with the nation of Israel. There are covenants and promises made with them that are not to be confused with the church. That's the reason why last Sunday night I, I talked about how this much of the Bible is about the church. This much of the Bible is about Israel. This much of the Bible is about the triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But after we determine that this is a book about God, and we now begin to look at the two peoples of God, the church and Israel. Israel occupies the overwhelming majority of our Bible. How long? How long? How long? Well, it's not going to be much longer. It's not going to be much longer because we now know, we now know from Zechariah 10 that the whistle is blown and the people of Israel are flocking back to their homeland. And in 1867, when Mark Twain said he could hardly see a human being, today there are 9 million human beings. And what follows Zechariah 10? The Great Tribulation, Zechariah 12 and 13. When all the nations are going to converge on them. And then Zechariah 14, Jesus Christ is coming back to earth to wage war on the enemies of Israel. It's not much longer. It's not much longer. And by the way, everything that we're learning was written to who and for what reason? Who was, who, who was the book of the Revelation written to? The, the seven churches, which we now know represent all churches of all time. Why does God, why does God want the church to know the future when we're not even going to be here? To warn the nations. Jeremiah 31. Declare to the nations and afar off and declare to them, He that scattered Israel 
will gather her like a shepherd does his flock. It's going on right before our eyes, that prophecy. And it's incumbent upon us to take what we're learning and forewarn people of what is coming. For America is so ripe for the Antichrist. All they talk about is how divided we are. All they talk about is, we're going to get more divided, not less divided. America is ripe for false peace when the Antichrist comes promising and they will suddenly be exposed to destruction that's going to come upon them. We need in these last days to start talking about what the Bible talks about in the last days. This is important. This is important.